This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues and ideas that shape our lives, with your guide, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Morning, Connell. Morning, Matt. It's good to be here. It is good to be here, although it seems a little dim in here, Matt. The lights broke in the studio, listeners, and we're sitting in a very romantic kind of... Uh, we've got a nice candle lamp lit. in the corner. <laughs> yeah. This is a candlelit dinner. For a mm. moment, I thought we couldn't afford to pay the power, yeah. Matt. But, yeah. but normally, you wouldn't discuss topics like we're going to discuss today at a romantic candlelit dinner. No, that's true. You might. That's true. That may not work so well. That's true. Welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> we're back, uh, back in the studio and recording our next episode of Thrive Perspectives as we continue to work through our worldview. And uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the human predicament and and Matt, we're going to go into a, a, another area today that I know is perplexing and troubling in reality mm, yeah. for many Christians. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to what we're going to lean into today. Yeah, so uh, building on what we've been discussing so far, um, we're going to talk about the kinds of things that not only we but people in the world suffer. That for a lot of non-Christian people makes the idea of God very difficult, and in fact, even some people are quite hostile. Because if there is a God, why does he allow this kind of suffering? That's um, that's a very common objection that people have. Uh, but it's not just an intellectual objection. Actually, this really touches on human experience in a really deep way. And, and even for a lot of Christians, this is a very perplexing issue. So I, I'm actually really glad to have built the foundation because honestly, everything that we've said before... I feel like flows into the discussion that we're going to have today, really, because it's one thing to have all that theoretical stuff in the background, uh, you know, understand, understanding sin, and although there's been plenty of personal stuff that's come mm-hmm. in in terms of understanding the human nature and and how uh, you know sinful human nature and that sort of thing, and we've talked about that, but really, what we want to touch on now is life outside the garden. And it's very evident we don't live in heaven, we live on earth, and it's uh, we live in a place that is that is full of suffering and grief, and, and every listener uh, will have experienced that to some extent. And that is a very perplexing thing. So I think it's just important to, to, to state that uh, at the start, that th- this is a sensitive, you know, it's a sensitive subject. Yeah. But here as well, I think, in order to navigate this, it again really helps for us to understand the big story, uh, understand where we sit in terms of the biblical view of the world and and us being in the world right now. Because what we've said so far is that human beings were empowered to make this choice and they made a choice to reject God and the world that we live in is the world that we chose. Now, some people initially might already object to that statement, really. Mm. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't choose, and this is uh, and this is important because God created human beings for relationship with one another. We're, we're all intricately connected. We're all part of one family, and we tend to have this overly isolated sort of individualistic view of human beings. We have this view of ind- human beings as autonomous sort of units, mm. um, very independent autonomous units. But that's not how God actually created us. We, we were all like in the, in the illustration that Jesus uses, we're all like branches on the one vine, right? We're all part of the one organism. Even Paul talks about this. We're all members of the one body, right? And, and that's, 
that is actually the way that God created us to be. So the, the, the idea there is that what happens to one happens to everyone. What one person does affect it, affects everyone. Now, you see this playing out uh, not only after the sin of Adam and Eve. You see the whole human race affected by their, uh, by their sin. Is that fair? You know, is it fair that we should all be affected, uh, affected by? The, well, it just is the way. It's it's the it's the reality of that interconnectedness uh, of human beings, an interconnectedness that was created for great good, so that we were created for relational connection. But if that goes wrong, it goes really wrong. Mm-hmm. It means you know, uh, wh- whereas blessing was meant to flow, you know, um, through that network that connected network of human beings blessing us to flow uh you know in a wonderful sense and of course relationships are the great blessing the mm-hmm. sense that you are connected and part of something but when that goes wrong it can also the wrong sort of things can flow and 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 i think we know that from experience i mean the the closest relationships can also do the most damage when they get when they go wrong yeah, yeah. It, it really um any sense of evil and suffering really sort of i think magnifies well, it's a fairly intense impact on us in terms of how we even understand God. You know, we we we, we under we have a lot of theology and different ideas about who God is and what God wants for us, mm. and it's easy for us to talk about how much God wants, how much He loves us, and mm. wants to bless us, and and so on. But when it comes to evil and suffering, nothing is more raw or brings it home more, I think, than experiencing that pain mm. or that it, that it brings in your life and it makes you really think about who is god and That's what right. does he really love me does he really want to and yeah. it just raise i think it seems discordant doesn't it it's yeah, completely it does. this doesn't feel like i'm loved it's, yeah. It, yeah. it's completely undermines almost everything that yeah. we're trying to to, to build and it's talk when we talk about God and who God is and who God claims to be, it under, seems to undermine yep. so much of that that it it really it's really raw. I think everything else is almost easier to to kind of go. This is what you know. This is how God wants us to live our lives, and this is how He relates to us. But mm. this one mm. is really really tough. I think to to, yep. to square up <clears throat> with what we believe, and yet it is the very direct expression of. That that experience yeah. is actually a very direct experience of one of the most important aspects of the Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. And it's something actually that God actually has willed that we live in that experience. Yeah. Because we're not actually meant to like, and this is, I, I know this is going to sound strange, but we're not really meant to like this world. We're not yeah. even meant to like life in this world as it is in its broken form. Love not the world, mm. you know. In in John says, uh, Jesus said, "In this world, you will have, you know, you will have trouble." Uh, throughout Scripture, in one way or another, you know, is is the affirmation of a worldview that says this is broken. We're not meant to like it. Mm. We're, we're and and actually, it's really the foundation of. It, it's interesting in Romans chapter five, you know, Paul talks about we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, so hope, our sense of hope, and and the New Testament is very future-oriented. It's don't hope in this. Don't get connected here, right? This is a this is a mission field, right? Mm. And because it, it's really broken, it's really messed up, and it and, and it's a it's a field of mission. But don't get comfortable, right? Don't live as strangers and aliens in the world. Peter says, 
and 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 we're not meant to really like it. I mean, Paul talks about that we who have the Spirit of God actually groan inwardly, you know, because you know the Spirit groans within us uh, over the in grief over the brokenness of this world, and so a mark of being filled with the Spirit. Yes, he says, and you might think, hang on, but what about the joy? But it's actually both of those things, because on the one hand, he says, we have this grief, this groaning that he talks about in Romans chapter 8, and we have joy, but those things are actually connected as well, because if joy, if, if our hope in what God is doing about this mess and what God is about to bring, the fact that our names are written in the book of life, our joy is grounded in that hope. Well, how do we get hope? Well, Paul says in Romans chapter 5 that suffering produces perseverance, which mm. produces character, which produces hope, right? So suffering leads to hope because mm. it, it actually, and, and I don't want to be overly theoretical about this because my experience even is, is that in those worst moments, uh, actually I'm, I am reminded, I don't like this. I don't like the way that the world that it is. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I mean, every, every time, you know, I've I've been to a funeral of, of someone who died an untimely death, you know, particularly like a child. Yeah. And I say to myself, I, I cannot accept a world like this. Yeah. I can't accept a world in which one child suffers from cancer. Yeah. And you know what? The thing is, we're not actually meant to. God, God doesn't accept it. Yeah. God doesn't want us to accept it. He doesn't want us to like it. That's the thing. We're not meant to. In fact, we're 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 meant to long and groan and long for what He's about to bring it bring about. Right? Mm-hmm. He actually doesn't want us to to be at home here. Uh, he wants us to lament the state of this world. And actually, Psalm 126 says, "Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy." And and the, I mean, the reason for that is that you know it rests us away from a false hope mm-hmm. when we put our hope in. The security of this. There is no security in this. I mean, we can fool ourselves in our culture thinking that we, we, you know, we live in this like 5% privileged minority in our country, you know, and, you know, I mean, I've just come back from Africa. Believe me, this is like, Hmm. we are having a unique experience here because uh, everywhere else at every other time in history has, this has been, and in fact, even, even as, you know, some philosophers point out, like, I mean, there are some philosophers that go to the extreme of saying it's actually cruel to bring children into this world mm. and their argument is that on the whole life in this world is uh, endless travail of of yeah. you know tr- at least trying to trying to escape from pain and grief and as christians we affirm the fact in the midst of all of this we can have joy but it's not a joy in mm. the circumstance not yeah. it's not a joy we're not rejoicing in the way that the world is yeah. we rejoice as paul says in the hope of the glory of god and we see that played out in the lives of the apostles, yeah. that's right. You know, that's that they certainly experienced the evil. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They are the, the absolute coal face of the but, evil of but, this but world. They, yeah. You know, they demonstrated what joy looks like yeah. in that hope that that they had that they held on to all the yeah, time. Absolutely, yeah. and and for you know, I mean, for the first three hundred years, the of of the history of the Christian Church, the, the story was one in which uh, intermittently there were these serious persecutions. And the spirituality that was formed in that was a spirituality that was not entitled. No one, they, they never felt entitled to not suffer or to not. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they just knew this is, this world is completely adverse to God. It's completely broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they looked forward with earnest desire to being freed. They, they actually rejoiced in the fact that 
death was not for them the end of life, but the beginning of life. Mm-hmm. They understood we're living in death right now. This is this is actually death compared to compared to eternal life. This is death, right? And and I and I think in our culture we've lost that we've sort of lost that kind of view largely because it's interesting. It's it's mostly the sort of objections, those objections. You know, how could God allow this? Yeah. And, and I'm not downplaying that. We'll no. talk to that yeah. now. But those objections have been raised in the prosper. They have yeah. tended to come up in the prosperous. Whereas it's like you know, as though you know, when something bad happens, it's like you know, someone left the window to our little heaven ajar mm. and the wind of a different reality blows in. It's like, no, 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 that actually is reality. And yeah. we've fooled ourselves thinking that we could create this heaven yeah. here, uh, yeah. uh, this kind of uh, technological utopia. Yeah. And then we get angry when it, yeah, doesn't, work out. it doesn't work that's out. That's what we connected back with the previous episode. You know, we're talking about human predicament. Yeah. That is the predicament of what we're in and the fact that we're building everything we build. You know, we build societies and we, we build lives for ourselves. But because of the sin that just goes right through us, right yeah. to the core, everything we do, there's not everything that we, not everything we do is bad, yeah. but it, there's always the outworking of sin in yeah. it where we cause pain and suffering along the way. So it, it's all our, it's, it's our, communities our, our cities our families mm. our relationships every it's it, yeah. it it sort of flows through everything so you know life in the world is that and that yeah. is the dilemma that we face now i guess we want to contrast that like while god uses that pain and suffering god isn't causing that be fair to say mm. that god doesn't cause the pain and suffering yeah. maybe he does sometimes but generally generally yeah. i think it's it's a result of the dilemma that we're in, and, and yeah. the and the, it's it's a, it's our hands, it's our it's our sin that's yeah. ultimately sowing it down through the generations, through our communities, yeah. and, and so on that that causes all this dysfunction. Yeah, that's right. To exist, you know, it's it's interesting when I, uh, as as uh, you know, as you know, I was diagnosed with cancer last, you know, I had some treatment, and and you know, there's been, you know, even through that, as most people. Uh, know who have been through um, prostate cancer there's some permanent you know some permanent damage uh, that that can do i when i went through that because i've journeyed with as a pastor a lot of people through you know cancer journey my 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 initial feeling was not how could this happen to me but actually why should i be exempt Mm. actually that was why should i be exempt from the suffering common to man, as as the writer of Psalm seventy three says, you know, uh, and and I don't feel exempt. I, mm. I, I, why, why should I be exempt? Because this is the this is the world, we, we, you know, that 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 we live in, and and that doesn't take away from the hardship and the grief, and mm. and the real difficulty for a lot of people isn't even personal suffering. It's often to do with the suffering of the seemingly innocent. And 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 I'm and I'm even prepared to say, I'm even prepared because I know some people say, "Oh, there's no one innocent," and, and I know that's a th- mm. theological point, but I I feel like that's not a very satisfying no. perspective because I I'm I'm willing to affirm that there are in 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 that in some sense innocent people in a, for example children, mm. you know, a child that suffers goes through, uh, you know, some terrible disease. sickness or disease yeah. or you know or something and. And you know the question is, well, what did they do 
to mm. deserve that. And, yeah. and actually, the question is nothing. They didn't do anything yeah. to deserve that. And actually, this comes back to my point. And again, this is where the worldview perspective uh, is so important because we all bear the consequences of everyone else's. Yeah. You know, because we're all connected, right? Yeah. And so, you know, let, let me give an you know, example of this. If, you know, if I, if I do something stupid and gamble all my money away or, or you know, and, and even if, you know, uh, they, they often say, you know, like addictions actually can be passed down, like, you know, in, yeah. in, in, yep. you can have multi-generational addictive, mm. you know, behavior. So, so the actions of the fathers can have, mm. uh, to put it that way, mm. can have serious impact on the, on the yeah. children. Now, we talked a little bit about this yeah. in the last episode, you know, to the third yeah. and fourth generation. It's not that God, it's not that God wants, puni- God doesn't, in a sense, uh, positively punish children in, in that holding them guilty. But it's because the, the scriptures say that he visits the sins of the fathers upon them. And I mean, I, this is a, this is a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. But what that means is, is that he's given such authority has he given to human beings that inevitably that connectedness means that what I do has a flow down. Yeah on those after me. So I could I could make decisions as a father that will affect my my yeah. family for generations, right? Yeah. Generations. Yeah. And I I might object and say no no no, but I I don't want that to be that's too much responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't want that kind of responsibility, thanks very much. But this is actually what it fundamentally means to be mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. We were created in the very image of God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and so we have that kind of authority. We can make choices and because we were created as a human family, and it was meant to be this wonderful interconnectedness that opens up the possibility of real loving relationships and the highest of all things is love. Mm. the highest good, uh, according to scripture, is love, right? Mm. When sin enters, and, and then actually those channels that are meant to be channels of love and blessing, that they actually become channels of brokenness, yeah. of of dysfunction and so forth. You know but, what I mean? Yeah. But it also means, and you use the example of children being innocent, but it, in another way too, it means that we're kind of innocent too because in the sense that the effects of sin that are upon us isn't necessarily a result of our sin, but it's a result yeah. of, it's like an if I, if I suffer from sin, it's not because I did something necessarily. In probably most cases, it's just part of all these indirect consequences of sin that I've had no choice yeah. or part in, but I collectively feel it. So it, it's, not a, it's not a thing about, you know, like an attack on, on me yeah, specifically. That's right. yeah. let, let me anticipate. A, 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 an objection, actually, at this, and and actually, even what I've said, so if it could, that could actually anger. I I, I actually feel that that could anger some people, mm-hmm. and I have experienced this because because that's not all of the picture. I just want to really hasten mm. uh, on here uh, because the question is: Hang on, Matt, are you are you saying that that child that suffers from some disease or that they are, in a sense, suffering from sin or you know, and that actually is not the case. The the case is is that. Actually, what we've lost collectively, and this is um, this is really the according to the biblical worldview, where the real collective consequences of suffering actually really come in here. We we actually lost our authority. 
by abdicating responsibility, we lost that authority. Now, we, we, can, we can make decisions that still have enormous impact. So we still have authority in, in the sense that we have the power to affect each other's lives. But we actually lost our authority over the natural world in that sense. We were creating the image of God, right? Now, if you think, remember, Jesus exemplifies perfect humanity mm-hmm. and Jesus exercised power over not only the spiritual spiritual world, but very much over the natural world. Mm-hmm. And that is, yes, that is divine. That is an, That was displaying divine power. But we need to remember that divine power is given to us you know, we're entrusted. We were entrusted with that level mm. of authority in our original created state. Okay, yeah. so, so in our right place, there was a we as the as what we might say the keystone species, or or, or if you wanted to use a biological term, or the we, we were like the at the very the crown of creation, right? To rule over. Now, because we were given the mandate to rule over, we were also given the authority to rule over. We have to understand those two things come together. Yeah. We were given authority to rule over. And that, that was to be stewards of. It wasn't to exploit or so forth, right? Yeah. Because it's turned into that. Yeah. Now, what this means is we've lost – we're now the victims of our, of our environment. We're now the victims of, yeah. you know, disease and, and even even in our own bodies. And, you know, the the – you mentioned an example, uh, Connell, that um, Richard Dawkins yeah, uses. You can can you repeat that? I can't remember exactly, but the it keeps coming up as an argument that yeah. they always keep raising. And I've heard it too. Yeah, it's the there's apparently a like some sort of worm that exists in Africa whose sole mechanism for sustaining its life is to bore itself into the eyeballs of 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 humans, and so children. In yeah. Africa, have these worms living inside of their eyes, and it just creates untold level of suffering. Now, those children didn't do anything in themselves to d- deserve that, mm. and these creatures are created by God. At least that's the mm. argument that they're making, and allowed to exist, and that's that's the sole purpose of them to inflict yeah. that pain and suffering. And and that's that's you know Dawkins' his argument there is how could you you know, how can you believe in a good God when that exists at the same time? I mean, he sees those two uh, beliefs or, or, or that the fact of something that exists like and the belief in God. Well, it might, have been, completely it might have been Christopher Hitchens, I think, because he actually, that was one of his books, was specifically addressing this as a general kind yeah. of narrative is yeah. that God himself is one of the most evil, yeah. evil figures in, yeah. in history. And with something like that, yes, it's terrible. I mean, it's yeah. a terrible, terrible thing. And within the biblical story, though, it's understandable in that there, there's been a loss of, or we've lost our position within, within God's creation. Yeah. Um, the the key, the keystone has fallen out of the arch. So you know, the the idea of a keystone species is based on the idea, and and I'm using a biological metaphor really, because it's in, in a spiritual sense. We we were the crown of creation. We were like the keystone in a in an arch. You know, the keystone yeah. is the thing that locks the whole thing, right? Yeah. Now, when the keystone falls out, the whole arch falls in. Right. So, so yeah. there was a sense of, you know, we've defined evil as God's order, right? Mm-hmm. That perfect order, and and it's evil uh, is best defined as a disordering of. This is a, a definition that we've discussed before. It's yeah. something that uh, this is the way that Augustine uh, defined evil. I think this is a really good 
biblical definition, mm. that it's a disordering of God's hierarchy of goods, right? Yeah. Because God doesn't create anything inherently evil. Uh, so, so even even these these sorts of things that the way that something like that say has evolved into whatever it was that mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just bad. Like, and 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 the fact that that has something like that has happened, or or the fact that it you know that these sorts of things invade the bodies of humans mm-hmm. and animals and or, or whatever. Again, we could we could see that. I'm, you know, I'm not saying this is, but. But in a way, we shouldn't be surprised because uh, by phenomena like that, because there is this disordering of there's this kind of chaos that's entered into creation that that things that were good in themselves have developed into uh, this sort of situation. But the difficulty of it is I know that when we talk about choices, we make choices and we build things and it's corrupt and causes yeah. dysfunction and pain and suffering yeah. and so on. And I think that it, compared to this particular problem, I think that's I, – I, I can be satisfied in terms of the narrative that we're putting forward. In terms yeah. of, I can understand there's a cause and effect. Now we're starting to move into the idea of natural evil, which is where – it, it's kind of it actually isn't connected necessarily. It's hard to see where the connection is. Say to the those sort of worms um, evolving to be to, to be like what they are, mm. to be so destructive and to seem to have one purpose, which is to cause yeah. pain and suffering. It's hard to connect that to what. How's that connected with the choice, the human choice? Yeah, like it's it's a biological. It's a biological. Well, function. it's it's more. Yeah, it's the, the the connection is more what we lost. Yeah. So so we lost. Uh, there was a loss of authority, and because remember what I said is that in a sense Jesus exemplifies this. Uh, you know, he he is the second Adam in a sense. He shows what it, what a human being perfectly related to God actually looks like. You know. Uh, uh, and because you know he would do these amazing things, and then he would say to his disciples, "You do, th- you know." In fact, he says, "You will do greater things." Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so the the expectation is, and and that that we that we some measure of that authority will be restored, and in a new heavens and a new earth, the fullness of that authority will be uh, restored. Things will be ordered in the right way, and so th- there's a sense in which when human beings are rightfully placed in relation to everything else, that that is like the keystone that when that fell out, uh, so, so, well, that's the keystone in a sense that is the key to things being rightly ordered. And it was the, it was the loss of that authority that actually caused a kind of chaos. Now the, the, the idea of order and chaos is, you know, it's a very biblical kind of, it's, well, it's at least an idea that sits behind the, 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 a lot of what's going on in, in scripture, this idea of order and chaos and scripture is a lot about ordering life and, uh, but very much about the loss of God's order of things. Um, so that's that's really, well, it, it's the loss of that because because otherwise you know and, and and we collectively we suffer from that don't because now we are the victims of our environment whereas before we were meant to be the rulers of our environment. Yeah, and I still I get that, but it's still hard to do we if I if say we had been tinkering with with biology, yeah, and in cells and cell reproduction and it caused like one of those worms to come into existence, I could understand that because it would yeah. have our hand in it. And I'm, it's, it's hard to see how even losing our authority causes biological processes then 
to, to change. Although I'm thinking, you know, like back in when the curse after the fall of Adam and Eve, it's almost like a because God, you know, pronounced certain a change in the a change in the yeah. order now. You know, like women were going to experience pain in childbirth. We're going to feel that's there is a sense of breakdown of mm. of of the way that the world is going to be. It's almost like at that point, God actually it, it seems to me. Yeah, rearranged a few things. So maybe those he his, he actually stepped back from certain things mm. that would have allowed biological processes mm. to happen. Yeah, and, and, that and that's would... because we stepped away from things. So it's yeah. you know they make the 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 difference between sins of commission and sins of omission. Right. And you know b- by taking something out of the environment that holds it together, you you, you actually think things turn chaos, right? Yeah. Things turn chaotic. I mean, you know, if a teacher exits a classroom, you know, it's like, yeah. or, you know, if all the teachers left us, could be Lord of the Flies, yeah. you know. And so, you know, th- this this presence of order, although that's probably, uh, but you, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? That there's a sense of, because we, we abdicated our position, mm. then it opened the world up to devolve into chaos. Yeah. I mean, coming back to your point, I've always sort of thought about it. Um, you know, we were before the fall. We were dependent on God for our survival. It wasn't a competitive world. You know, the lion would lay with the lamb. There yeah. wasn't the sense. But then now, God's we've we've stepped away from God, and now we've got to fend for ourselves because we've made that choice. Yeah. And so now it's become this very competitive fight for survival. You know, kind of world that's progressively just the, gotten more and more like that. There is, a, and I think there's a sense that God steps back and takes his hand off. I mean the the guidance of how biology kind of moves along. Whether you whether we talk about you know say it's evolution mm. or whatever. I don't want to start off a whole no. big discussion on mm. that, but it, it, let's just call it evil. You know, as it evolves, mm. God's guiding things and has got his his hand on it and so on. It's part of the, part of how they, all of that works. But mm. God stepping back, it kind of is allowed to become disordered. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, look, I mean, a- a- anyone will allow, e- you know, even a short age creationist will allow for what what yeah. they call micro evolution. Yes. You know, what I mean, so, so I think I don't think that's a controversial point. So, in a sense, there's been a devolution, like things have devolved in some God, sense. God's allowed to happen yeah. by stepping back, taking his hand off it, and, and then there's probably the other side of it too. Where He's allowed it to happen though because we chose that. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's the it's. You know, God committed himself to empowering us, and empowering us means that we made choices that would determine the sort of world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Remember we said in the last – this is why death and sin came through one man, as it Paul says mm-hmm. in Romans chapter 5. If that's going to be restored, mm-hmm. uh, it has to be a man through which that's restored because we were put in charge. And so it's the divi- – so um, it was fully the human prerogative to – in a sense, fix things, and yet we can only do that by divine power. And Jesus, as the one who is fully God and fully man, that's why it has to be Jesus, mm. because it has to be one who is fully God to to be able to. I mean, there's a lot of reasons mm. uh, f- f- for that, and you know, and it comes d- down to this again, uh, this idea that that we we were so empowered that the choices that we would make. Would lead would lead to a situation where there is 
that kind of suffering, the mm-hmm. worm in the eye, and that you know, mm-hmm. it, it, because we, we're just we're a victim now of of our environment. That child did do, didn't individual. It's not. There's nothing deser- deserving of that in one sense. This is this is the collective plight of human beings, mm-hmm. and and the it it is which we see in climate change. You know, there are Pacific Islands, well, that's people's right, yeah. homes that are disappearing, not because they did yeah. anything. But exactly. Because collectively, we've abused our environment, that's right. and yeah. now everyone is going to pay the price. That's right. It, you know. Yeah, yeah. That it's that collective idea that I think people struggle with that. But that actually is what it means to be human. It's to be. It's to be interconnected with everyone else. Yeah. Uh, it, it. It's just the way that we were made. And and there there are you know you can see that that can be a wonderful thing, but if it goes wrong, as I said, that can be a terrible thing. The the the, the question. Uh, often comes that, that I've encountered too is, well, what about, particularly when earthquakes happen? Yeah. Well, what about an earthquake, right? I mean, what did, did, we, <laughs> what did yeah. we do to deserve... Did earthquakes not exist yeah, before the and, fall? And absolutely, yeah. the, the movement of tectonic plates absolutely uh-huh. could, w- would have existed in a, yeah. in a perfect world. But as is often said, and this was uh, said after the Turkish uh, earthquake. Uh, earthquake recently... Mm-hmm. You know, and and again in a Muslim country, and and actually a very insightful statement I heard repeatedly. It was that earthquakes don't kill people; buildings kill people. That that was the, a statement that they that they were making. And, Our towers, and, yeah, you Our know, towers. and and in a way, like um, earthquakes, the movement of tectonic plates. That that's just that's the way that this that this world kind of works. It's just that we build cities on, yeah. you know, on fault lines and, and... I don't like that argument because <laughs> okay. they, they cause tidal waves too. They come in and wash every, So it's just pushing the yeah, problem. Yeah. The, the, the fundamental yeah. problem there is it, it, it's, it's not just the fact that we've built... You know. You know, okay, let me, let me give a counter. Let me give a... Yeah. Because again, because one of the things we need to imagine is what would perfect humanity have been like? Mm. Like what would our capacities have been? Yeah. You know, you're assuming that in a perfect world, these sorts of things would have still taken us by surprise. Now, one thing we one thing we do know there was a famous instance in this in 1973 of earthquake in a region of China where they evacuated a city before an earthquake, based largely on the behaviour of dogs. Mm-hmm. So they they acknowledged that the, the actual the dogs knew something was about to happen, right? So to me, that's that's an indication, and of course, then they evacuated the city or they went to higher ground or whatever, you know, uh, because this is part of the mm-hmm. uh, of 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 the natural world. Now, again, going back to our previous episode, because because we think you know c- cities built in, you know, like I, you know, again, I, I don't see. Cities don't. You don't see the appearance of cities until Cain goes off to the east and and starts. You know, and and this is our. You know, we're we're sort of uh, locked into this sort of idea of civilization and and cities and mm. and you know we, and so so I think at least there's a. Hint. I don't think this is an answer, right? But mm. I think it's a hint that actually, to me, I can accept that in a, in a perfect world, at at the very least, we would be in touch enough with our environment that. If even dogs can yeah. like can know that this is going to happen before it, before it's happening, what what have we come to as human beings that we're so dissociated from our environment, from the natural world, mm-hmm. that these things happen and we we just you know we we just getting bold over. We have no mm-hmm. you know we we have no sort of foresight or foreknowledge about these sorts of things. Now, no, I think I think it's it would be easy to imagine 
a, a perfect humanity in an Eden kind of situation or in a new heavens and a new earth being in touch with their environment enough to think we can preempt these things. Um, how, how do you go with that? Am, am I? Look, I I'm, I'm just hinting at I'm hinting at a yeah. possible, you know, because because you, your objection is based on, I guess, uh, the absence of certain capacities in human beings that I think actually would have been present in a perfect mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that I'd agree that, and I haven't really mm. thought about this till just now that yeah. there would be earthquakes and volcano eruptions, and uh, because if God couldn't create the world without all of that, but then is He really all powerful? I mean, well, well, why does well, it have to be like, you know, you say, oh, well, there would have been, of course, the, you sort of, yeah. and I'm going, well, why, of course? I mean, God's God. Okay, well, I'm, well, part, part of that is, is reading clear geological evidence that, uh, that, that volcanoes have been erupting since, the, you know, the early formation of the Earth. So uh, I, I guess I'm saying there's no reason to reject that mm. idea because okay. uh you know uh, volcanoes the eruption of volcanoes actually helped to create you know the atmosphere and, and i know we could say no 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 god do it but remember saying that god did something does not exclude natural processes mm-hmm. mm. so you know psalm 139 says you knit me together in my mother's womb that does mm. not discount yeah. embryology right yeah. so um so i guess what you know what i'm saying is that i think that I think we can exist alongside those things. It's just that we, you know, we we work with the natural world and in sync with it. But now where there's this misrelation between us and the natural world, including the movement of our own planet. I mean, you know, the the middle of the planet is a molten core. I mean, do we have to say that that was a time that that never existed or that that would have never burst through? Or I don't think we need to say that. And even setting aside the natural processes of the the earth and so on, existing outside of the earth, we've got asteroids floating around as well that occasionally interrupt the... Mm. You know our lives, and well, it's kind, it's kind of amazing that we haven't been hit. Yeah, but we by have, more than, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Well, we have, we have. There's been a yeah, that's right. But conceptually, few, yeah, yeah. it's possible that they come in and they yeah. they wipe out a whole lot of people. Yeah, that's as right. well. And, and 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 let's not get into this argument now. That's exactly my point. So we can't possibly do anything about an asteroid hurling at us, even if we are totally in touch. In, with in a perfect world, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's not get drawn. No, into no, that. no. But but that's but that's a, but the fact is. Is that humanity uh, hasn't been wiped out by an asteroid? You know, I mean, uh, th- th- this is but, the but not, but if we're talking about in a perfect world, yeah, and, and then it's not just humanity; it's any one person, isn't it? Yeah, but what's that got to do with asteroids? So an asteroid comes, and we are in touch with nature in a perfect world, yeah, and somehow no one's going to get killed. Yeah, but you, you, but again, uh, in in that in that world, uh, you remember God is in control of asteroids and and God, you know. So, hence the earthquake question. But let's move on. No, 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 no. But it's it's different actually, because what what I'm saying is that, and I I think it's amazing that we haven't been hit by an asteroid actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you know, in in a way, God is withholding that. Uh, You know, I I feel, you know, let's give some credit to God. Protecting us this thus far, and it may not all, always be the case. And if you read the Book of Revelation, you yeah, might, yeah. you know, it, you know, it talks about the stars falling from the sky, and maybe, maybe that's when that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And and that, you know, in certainly in the Book of Revelation, if if it's if that's what it is, then it is a judgment upon mankind. Now, God is within His rights to bring such a judgment, yeah, totally. and and the fact is, um, you know, and and of course there there are 
there's evidence of major asteroid hits and 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 you know they they say that maybe one of those knocked out the dinosaurs and maybe you know maybe what for whatever reason god allowed that i that i don't have a problem with that but what we do know is that humanity has from what we know has mm. been spared that mm. and so it's a very theoretical the asteroid thing is a very theoretical question because uh, in a perfect world um i'm assuming that why would god allow an asteroid to come and destroy a perfect world because like because in a perfect world uh, movement of tectonic plates and uh, erupting volcanoes i mean a volcano is only going to is is only going to kill you if you're like standing on the mountain right or or you know like standing in its course right now i mean but but if if you're in touch enough with the world to like move out of the way thank you very much i i, I don't I don't see a pro- push back. Please push back. But no, no. I don't see a problem with, you know, uh, I mean, if, if I if I go swim out into the Southern Ocean right now, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a swim and I get and I get taken off by a current and then I shake my fist at God. God, how could you, you know, when I'm being swept off in that current, how could you do this? Mm-hmm. God would say, why did you? You yeah. know that there are currents there, so don't walk, don't swim into the path of a current. Like, yeah. and it's you know, and it's the same. It's it's the same if if we and now and the fact is we don't know when the tsunami is going to we don't know mm-hmm. that the volcano is going to erupt. I mean, well, we sort of do know where the volcanoes are, yeah. you know. Yep. But you know, but what I'm saying is that we're assuming that in our perfect state that we wouldn't know those things, and there are some indications that animals know those things, mm. and yet we're created as the crown of creation. So th- this is to me, this is that there are at least hints there that yeah. that say that it's. I this mean, the problem is with all of sense. this kind of. It's all hypothetical. Yeah. And it's all, cause yeah, I, I, I know, but say, it only takes it, it only, even though it's hypothetical, if, if we can, you know, if we can imagine how in a perfect world these things would not be a problem, then in, in, in a sense, it's, it's enough of a counterexample to say this isn't, th- th- this isn't a, a, an insoluble problem. Now, we might, I might not be completely right about all of those, all of those details. Now, right. I think that I think I have biblical grounds. Uh, some biblical grounds for that, but even if I'm not completely right, the the very fact that we can imagine a situation in a perfect world where this sort of stuff wouldn't be a problem, where this could happen yeah. and yet not be a problem, yeah. means that it's not it's not an insoluble insoluble logical yeah. objection to the goodness yes. of God. I, of God. I, yeah, that's right. And I, I I kind of I'm kind of comfortable to know that I don't have absolute answers. I've got glimpses of. <clears throat> Of how things could have been, like even I mean, it's hinted at anyway in in Genesis. I mean, the animal, you know, we used to be able to. The animals weren't against us, mm. yeah. Um, and there was a judgment at that. At where we Obviously, just need clothes to keep the, warm. There was disordering mm-hmm. of things. Mm. So the animals, it's almost like nature itself, the environment that we live in, the turned world we live, actually mm. turned against us. Yeah, and the natural processes like childbirth became painful and things like that. So it's it's things that we're not necessarily in control of but it's it's like that kind of disordering of the yeah. of of what life now is going to be is it's going to be pain because with all of those examples you could say well look, god could warn you there's a tidal wave coming in and i i can think of an example that well okay everybody runs away i fall over and break both my legs 
and I can't yeah. run away anymore, you know, and it just goes on and on. And it's like a long piece of string. I keep thinking of different scenarios <laughs> that what would God do there? Would God just instantly... That's why we love you in this conversation. Would he just <laughs> instantly heal my legs? And then he's going, well, what does happen then? Yeah. In the perfect world, mm. can in I a perfect break, world, you, break bones? Yeah, can you, I die? You probably wouldn't be as clumsy as that. I mean, I, honestly, <laughs> I I, I've, <laughs> I've seen mountain goats like run across cliff faces, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's like, honestly, if... You know, I mean, th- this is where I-, I think again a bit of imagination, yes. yeah. at, at the at least, can. I think this. Deal I think this is good things. to talk through the, these things. I want to come back just because I'm mindful of time yeah. to to where we sort of, to some degree, began in terms of suffering and and I think one of the key things you said, Matt, is that we shouldn't be putting our hope in what is a temporal world and yeah. what seems like a, an enormous thing to to overcome. Yeah. In whatever suffering or pain that it is, and it is, I'm not trying to minimize that at yeah. all. In the scale of eternity, yeah, uh, we've got to somehow shift. We, and I think you're, you know, you said about the Western world, we, we, we're so used to being out of being self sufficient and kind of we can choose to depend on God, or in a sense, we think we can choose not to. Yeah. Whereas in places like Africa, where you, mm. you've been recently, you know, there's a lot of dependence. I mean, their their crops, everything, it's so dependent on, yeah. you know, they, they can't find their way around that. It's how do we shift what, you know, what I think all of us would struggle with the sense of um, thinking in the temporal and thinking in the moment and this pain right now and, and being able to yeah. push through that, as Paul said, to 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 create the hope and as you say in a sense not to love this world you know because yeah. Jesus also said if you love your life you'll lose it you know mm-hmm. um, so how do we you know it's really about recognizing that this is a mission field I think and, and I'd, yeah. I'd love you to come back to that for, for, for listeners yeah. who are really kind of struggling mm-hmm. with this themselves right now and yeah it, it comes you know you know the illustration that I've used that that I think gets us away from this very entitled mm approach to life and, and and I think particularly in our culture I actually don't see this in in you know I, I saw less of this in for example in, in Africa but in in our particular culture we feel entitled to be spared all suffering right mm. we're almost indignant when we mm. don't you know uh, uh, but actually it's it's a misunderstanding about the nature of life right now in this world particularly as Christians and the illustration that I've used it you know it's it's like we get dropped off in a helicopter in a in a war zone right it's, yeah. it's a hostile territory right mm. this is a zone that is hostile now because it's chaos for all the reasons we've des- we've yes. described yep. um and and even it, the world is broken we're even broken and weak and you know and you think well okay here we are broken and weak we're vulnerable we're victims to a large extent uh to to this uh, to this world clearly god doesn't spare us the sufferings common to man we we all we all share in those same things so god you know, it's it's we we know that we don't get a free ride. That becoming Christian doesn't mean oh straight away you never suffer anything yeah. anymore. So we're we're put here in the same chaotic situation. Uh, we collectively suffer uh, all of these things. So the question is, well, what is the point of this life? Because it's not, you know, because you'll never be full. Even if, even if you experience dramatic healing, it's, you, you'll still, you know, you, you'll still die. You're still dying. Yeah. Uh, so, so in a sense, the the best question is, well, what is actually the purpose of this of this life? And it, it, as I said, it's like we're in a military unit. We've dropped been dropped into a hostile, you know, territory nice. mm-hmm. in order to fulfill a mission. Right? Life is mission. It's all about the mission, and we're to stick to the mission. This life is relatively short. I mean, it's a 
breath is is the mm. biblical illustration. This life is like a breath. It comes, it goes, bang. You got compared to eternity, right? Mm. This is a blink. This life. Yeah. Now I, I know it doesn't feel like that, right? Because we've got our, we get our eighty or ninety years or whatever. It's feeling like it is. <clears> That's right. Get, as you get older, it feels like it's becoming yeah. more of a blink of an eye. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it does go goes pretty quickly, and and actually. We can easily fall into the great Australian dream of spending our whole life trying to find comfort and pleasure and, you know, escape from. But that actually isn't. That's not the, you know, your mission may actually lead you to, to actually experience more pain. Mm-hmm. I, like I know, I know people who, who's, who have been called to places that I would not mm-hmm. in on, on my life. There's no way would they yeah. would ever choose to go yeah. to these places. And li- why would you leave comfortable old Australia and go to somewhere, I don't know, somewhere like Niger or, I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. I know people have spent decades even our, in our church. They've spent decades mm-hmm. in places like that, you know, and they're hard places yeah. to, mm-hmm. you know, to live, but their joy is in the mission is in the mission of God. Life is mission. It's all about mission. And, you know, and the mission is about bringing to people that hope. It's it's about the good news is about God's redemption. It's not just for redemption individually for us. It's the fact that God is about to renew the earth. Right? Do not put your hope in this world. Mm-hmm. Do not love the world. Uh, hold on to God, not the world, because this is all going to be destroyed. I mean, this is part of the good news, right? Yeah. <laughs> they they longed for the day when all this would be. Purged and burnt up, and you know, and mm. and and the complete renewal of the earth. They longed for that day, and the reason they longed for that day because they didn't like it. Their hope was compelled by the fact that they would not accept the world the way that it is. Mm. And the more I get involved in people's lives, the more I empathise with people and, and the things that people suffer, and particularly the examples yep. that were used. Just knowing that there are children suffering things like I think I cannot, I don't accept this world the way that it is. And that's a fundamentally spiritually healthy perspective yeah. to have yeah. because we're not meant to, because God grieves over it. Let's remember that God grieves over this world and he wants us to share his grief and therefore rejoice in his salvation. The more you lament the present destitution of this world, the more we rejoice in what God is bringing about in his new creation. for joining us for this episode of Thrive Perspectives. Our hope is that these discussions will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective. You'll find all our resources at the Thrive Today website, thrivetoday.tv. If there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss, please email us. Our email is contact at thrivetoday.tv. Until next time, our prayer is that you will thrive.